Welcome back to another week of Car Care for the Clueless, coming to you via the webtalkradio.net. This is Pam Oaks, your host. I'm going to be joining you for a half hour each week to discuss not how to repair your vehicle, but how to have your vehicle repaired, preferably by an ASC certified technician like myself. Our topics will range from what type of octane to put in your gas tank, is nitrogen okay for your tires, to how to get ready for summer vacation, which is only a few weeks away. My broadcast is based on my latest book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle. I've seen a lot over the last 16 years of being a shop owner and ASC certified technician, and, you know, I want you to learn from all these examples that I give you each week so you can be an informed car care consumer. Now that you know a little something about me, Let's have you take advantage of my knowledge and learn about your car. This week we're going to be talking about what is a catalytic converter. Boy, doesn't that sound exciting. But seriously, it's an important part of your car and uh, you need to know a little something about it so you can understand how to protect it, which you can by doing certain things. And it's going to save you literally thousands of dollars in fuel costs and in parts replacements. So it's pretty important to know. Today we'll have ASE Master L1 certified technician Pablo Sarmiento from Pam's Motor City. He's going to go a little bit in depth with the technical end of it, but not too in depth. You're actually going to find this interesting and hear some terms that I'm sure your technician has told you and uh, he's going to explain what that all means. And of course we're going to have Peter Sudak, our gadget guru, with another vacation must-pack-in-your-trunk gadget. Just ready for the summer vacation. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it this year. been a long winter. On the phone today, we're going to have Jan from Ohio. Jan wrote us an email asking about what is a catalytic converter. And she goes on to explain that hers failed on her car It was very expensive, and is there anything she can do about it, and uh, why does she even need one? That's a good question. So let's uh, give Jan a call. Hi, Jan. This is Pam from Car Care for the Clueless. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you, Pam? Good. We're responding to your email. I understand that you have a question on a catalytic converter. I do. Tell Um, me. Well, I had to have one installed in my Oldsmobile, I was a 1985, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know whether or not uh, what I could have done to um, not have to have that happen to me. Well, you know, if it was an 85 and you just had it installed now, I think that it had exceeded its normal lifespan. So you did oh, okay. really, really good. But, you know, we've seen cars come into the shop that are over the federal emission, which is eight year, 80,000 mile warranty for the catalytic converters, but not that far over, and they've gone into failure. And I can tell you, you know, on your, when you get a new car, what not to do is don't use fuel additives. That's a good start. Don't you, use fuel additives? Correct. Oh, okay. Yes, just always use a, a top-tier fuel, and top-tier fuel, that's regional, so... You're up in Ohio, so ask your ASC certified technician up there which stations around you are considered top-tier fuel. And 
Another thing is when the check engine light goes on, don't have anybody tell you that that's okay, you can drive like that, because that light's on because there is a fault in the emission system. The emission system is a group of sensors and actuators, including the converter, where it goes out the exhaust pipe. It's there to make sure the noxious fumes coming out of the engine are a lot cleaner than what they used to be. It's a, little, it's a catalyst, literally a catalyst. It uh, eliminates a lot of the noxious gas. So we don't want you to use any fuel additives. We want you to use top tier. We want you not to drive with the check engine light on because that's telling us one of those sensors and or actuators has developed a fault. And when it does that, it dumps more of those noxious fumes into the converter. The converter can't handle it, and it burns it out prematurely. Another thing is that when you notice your uh, leaking oil antifreeze, yes. get that taken care of too. Because what that will happen is if you let it go low and long enough, you could uh, damage the integrity of the head gasket. And then it will start getting antifreeze into the exhaust. It will go right into that converter and ruin the converter as well. Wow, I didn't know that. So, yeah, we don't want that to happen either. But other than that, the key is use good gas, top tier fuel, and don't drive with the check engine light on. Yeah, I've been known to do that. Yeah, not good. But uh, uh, if my you, lesson, right? We all learn lessons every day. Yep. But if you got from 85 to present on that one single converter, you did very, very well. Good. How, how long do they normally last? It depends upon driving habits and depends upon, like I said, if you're putting additives in the car, if you're running that you have a head gasket seeping, if you're using fuel that's not top tier, if you're running around with the check engine light on, it's going to diminish the lifespan of it. Now, like I said before, remember, all converters have an eight-year, 80,000-mile federal emission warranty. Eight years, okay. You did tell me that prior, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So... Now, is this an expensive job? I mean, how... Well, yours, yours wouldn't have been as expensive as the newer cars because yours is an 85. The newer cars, they can range between the high hundreds to well into the thousands, just for the part. Wow. It is a good thing to know. But a wonderful thing to know to not drive with your uh, engine light on. Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole key. That's the whole key. All right. Well, will, thank you. We'll start doing that. Good deal. Pay more attention. I just like to get in my car and drive. Yes, I understand. All of us do. <laughs> but we, got, we still have to do a few little things so we can make sure that all we have to do is get in the car and drive and make it reliable. Yeah. You know, all right. And, uh, and check the safety features that they put in the car to let you know there's something going on, right? That's right. That check engine light or that little symbol of an engine, that little yellow light. Yeah. Don't drive with it on. Okay. Okay. Well, do. I'll pay more attention next time. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, so let me go over what I was talking to Jan about with this check engine light and how it has a connection with the catalytic converter. We had a customer come in, and the car had been running pretty rough for some time. Check engine light was on. At first when the check engine light, let me backtrack here, at first when the check engine light came on, it was running fine. 
And then as time went on, it started running a little bit rough and then a little worse and a little worse after that. And before the customer knew it, it was running pretty bad. So I brought it in. You could smell like a sulfur, that sulfur, nasty, rotten egg smell. When we approached the car, I went, hmm, okay, that's a sign of uh, a catalyst going bad. So we went through and we checked the car. And needless to say, what was going on is he had an engine misfire. It was from a bad ignition coil. The coil feeds energy to the spark plug that creates spark at the end of the plug that gives you your combustion, and so on and so forth. Well, when it was doing this and it was misfiring, it was actually sending raw gas into the exhaust. And the catalytic converter said, I can't do this for too much longer, and finally it gave up the ghost. It failed. And when it failed, then it started pushing all these noxious, hot, toxic gases and started doing damage to the engine. Well, let's see, for that coil, that coil was around $40, $45 if memory serves me right. And, oh, we had to do four spark plugs. And those were about $4 each. A wire set, and that was under $50 for a good AC Delco wire set. Oh, and I almost forgot. The converter, we always use direct fit from the dealer. $1,200, folks. I, you know, and it doesn't come with smelling salts either. It's, it's $1,200. They have no qualms about it. So uh, this customer, he needed his car, and he needed it running properly. It was a large, large bill. Where had he stopped when the check engine light first came on, he would have maybe have just done a coil and a plug in some wires because the wires were kind of old. The car wasn't that old, but they had a lot of miles on it. What could you have done with $1,200? I can think of a lot of things. I mean, just stopping to think what you could have done with that money versus what it actually went towards your car. And it didn't have to happen. Got one more. Car came in. It wasn't really even running at this point. It was doing the same thing, running rough. Computer was telling the fuel pump to dump fuel so the car wouldn't stall. Not only did he ruin the converter, and that was on a foreign application, which was a little bit more money, but it got so hot. He did engine damage. It was so hot. I don't remember ever seeing that spark plugs were actually burnt from the heat. It was amazing. Car got towed in, wouldn't run anymore. Spark plugs are burnt because the converter backed up into the engine and literally toasted the spark plugs. Those are two good examples of why you don't drive with your check engine light on and how you can save money, make money, by not putting it into your car needlessly. If you're just tuning in, this is Car Care for the Clueless. I'm your host, Pam Hoax, and today we're talking about what is a catalytic converter. Next, we're going to hear from our master ASE L1 technician, Pablo Sarmiento from Pam's Motor City. Pablo's been doing this more than 30 years. This is kind of a unique situation for him, talking about catalysts or and what we call them in the industry, uh, our acronym for them is CAT, C-A-T. 
Pablo lived in California for a time, and he was actually State of California certified for 12 years. He was a licensed emission inspection specialist. Hello, this is Pablo. Hi, Pablo. This is Pam from Car Care for the Clueless. How are you today? Oh, good. Good. We had an email question, and they wanted to know what a catalytic converter is, which we call in the industry a cat. And, uh, well, I got to tell you, um, uh, this is a device that is part of a modern automobile to reduce harmful emissions out of the tailpipe. Mm -hmm. uh, the catalytic converter has been around for a while, but it didn't go into mass production until, uh, like, 1975, and primarily because the leaded fuel was not compatible with it oh. uh, because it would coat the inner layers with lead, and it would render it useless. That's right. We used to use leaded gas back then, the converter. It sounds pretty complex, you know. It's doing all these things here. Uh, well, the CAT is a very simple device, but it performs a very complex task. Mm -hmm. uh, inside, they, they're made out of a ceramic uh, coated with precious metals such as platinum, palladium, and rhodium. Oh. Uh, yeah, the CAT uh, not only reduces harmful emissions, but it converts some of them into uh, nearly harmless gases such as carbon dioxide and, of course, water. Oh, okay. uh, this happens through a chemical reaction inside it. Um, keep in mind uh, that before the CAT, it was hard to breathe in part of major metropolitan areas such as Los Angeles, uh, Chicago, uh, New York, etc. Because tailpipe emissions such as hydrocarbons, which is a fuel that didn't totally burn inside the engine, okay. uh, carbon monoxide, which is uh, uh, a poisonous, invisible, uh, and odorless gas, and nitrogen oxide, uh, also known as NOx, mm -hmm. uh, which is um, a major contributor of smog and uh, acid rain uh, so wow it, you know it's it's pretty important you know so so how does this all work without getting too scientific or too technical into this thing uh fact is that among other attributes a cat has to be an oxygen accumulator uh, so that at the right time it can release the oxygen atoms uh, to bond with certain molecules from the harmful gases in order to convert them more benign gases. Okay. Now, in order for the cat to do its work, the fuel-to-air ratio must be at an ideal area of 14.7 parts of air mm -hmm. to one part of fuel per weight. Or you can also say 14.7 pounds of air to one pound of fuel. Oh, okay. Uh, second, all the cylinders must be working so that the engine's not dumping raw fuel through the catalytic converter. Mm -hmm. um, a third, it must reach certain temperature. And right out of the top of my head, I would say about five to 600 degrees Fahrenheit is normal operation uh, temperature, but it could be higher. Oh, that's pretty hot. So... Uh how long do they uh, do the cats last? How long do the converters last? And you know, how do you know when they're not working? Well, the first part 
let me tell you, the fact is that it depends on the vehicle. Uh -huh. uh, some engines develop a little bit of engine burn, uh, oil burning that can foul the catalytic converter. Mm -hmm. um, also, if the engine has got some kind of malfunction, uh, such as an overheat, uh, and, and some of the coolant is draining to the exhaust, well, that can really mess up the catalytic converter. And uh, the fact is that it also has to do with the fuels that you've been using, you know, all these miles. Mm -hmm. And, um, and of course, the other factor is the loose nut behind the wheel. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, that's just but no, we going say back that, to, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, uh, for the second question, how do we know when, if they're working? Well, generally, since 1996 and newer light-duty vehicles are required to have cat efficiency monitoring systems. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that most of you are familiar with the oxygen sensor, or at least the name. Uh, well, they have one of these sensors mounted on the exhaust pipe before the catalytic and another one after the cat. Mm -hmm. As their name implies, they sense more oxygen or less oxygen on the exhaust gases that are leaving the engine and since a cat is a good oxygen accumulator, remember? Right. The sensor, before the cat changes a lot, as the onboard powertrain controller or computer okay. keeps constantly adjusting the fuel ratios, whereas the one after the cat, when the cat is activated, doesn't change as much or very little. Otherwise, you're going to see the amber light you know the one, the, the service soon engine light or the check engine light. Oh, yeah, right on your dash there. Yeah, sure will light up. Yes. So uh, overall, uh, what would well, you say, you know? Well, yeah, okay. Work? I would say overall that this device is keeping the environmental uh, impact uh, of the ever-growing number of cars on our planet much lower than without it. It's true. Very true. Well, again, we always learn something from you, Pablo, when we talk to you. Yeah. We appreciate you taking the time out with us today, and I know everyone else does. And Yeah, okay, anytime. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pablo was also talking about the uh, emissions, how it affected the smog in the larger cities. And which reminded me of, when I was growing up in the east side of Detroit, they uh, had a strike at the big three, GM Chrysler Ford. And I remember going outside one time, and my papa was getting ready to go to work, and smelt this absolutely horrible smell. I mean, it, it was early June, and it was pleasant out, nice, cool, no jackets, nothing, and but this this horrible odor... And I asked my dad, I says, what is that smell? And he says, that's fresh air. <laughs> and I will never forget that because I remember it was like making me not feel well. We just grew up in that smog and that those emissions, and we didn't know any better. And when a time came that there was actually fresh air, it actually made me a little flippy. And you joke about it now, it wasn't really funny if you think back on it.
You know, vacation's coming up, and so is our gadget guru, Peter Sudak. Let me tell you, i got a quick preview. Let's give Peter a call. Hello, this is Peter. Hey, Peter, this is Pam at Car Care for the Clueless. How are you? Good, Pam. How are you today? Good. What gadget do you have for us this week? Well, we have a device for your cell phone that will eliminate a lot of distractions while you're on the road. Really? Yes, it's a, uh, it plugs into your cigarette lighter, Okay. and what you do is you get your phone into this little bracket that's, that's mounted on the dash. That's on the dash? Yeah. Oh, on the cigarette lighter, okay. Yeah, it plugs into the cigarette lighter, mm-hmm. and it's mounted on the dash, mm-hmm. and what happens is you put your phone into Bluetooth mode, mm-hmm. so like you have your Bluetooth, so it's hands-free. Okay. And But it actually works through your car radio. Well, that's nice, because I know a lot of states now that you can't be on a cell phone. You have to be hands-free. So right. this would really... Exactly. And basically, yes. you just push a button. To, you have to have a certain frequency. I don't know exactly what the frequency is. I guess it varies probably from, you know, carrier to carrier. Well, I'm sure it would, yeah. But, um, yeah, it basically works through the speakers in the car, so you could hear the person talking to you through your stereo speakers, and then you can speak normal to them while you're driving. you got both hands on the wheel, no hands on the cell phone, no texting, no nothing. So you can have a normal conversation, and it's perfectly safe. Wow, that's pretty good. It's a very, yeah, it's a very, very good gadget to have for safety issues, yes. That is a good idea. You know, before I forget, I want to tell you, uh, I took you up on one of your gadgets mm-hmm. for the uh, camera that's mounted on the back bumper on the license tag. Right. And I actually got one, and, well, made, I'm an ASC certified technician, so I could do this. And I could see why you would want to have you know, some knowledge of automotive electronics and electrical to right. do this. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I mounted one on my uh, mom and dad's uh, vehicle before they left to go up north for the summer. And let me yeah. tell you, it, it's wonderful. Yeah. You know, he's, he's getting yeah. older, and he always has to drive, and he's got a lot of arthritis in his neck and shoulders, so it's hard for him to turn right. a lot. And this vehicle is larger, so there's a lot of blind spots in it to the back. And even though he already knows that, he always checks the back before he backs up. He uh, has a little extra help. And thanks. Very, very good idea. Very good car gadget. That's good. I'm glad that worked. I'm glad that worked out to help your parents out. I'm very glad to hear that. Yes. And you know, I encourage you know all those other listeners out there if you have. Especially aging parents, it's a little harder to see what's in the back while they're backing up. This is, it's perfect. Yeah, like like we were talking about. Yeah, it definitely needs. I, I would recommend installation by a technician because yes. because of the wiring issue. Other than that, you know, mounting it on the dash, you know, that's real simple. And oh, very you simple. know, tightening to the license plate, that's real simple. Mm-hmm. It's just the wiring issue. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, that's power. where it could be difficult. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to accidentally tap into something that well, A is not on all the time, or B that you uh, you have no business adding an extra load on that particular circuit. You know, you'd start popping fuses for no reason whatsoever. And that's just because you added the camera, which doesn't right. take too many apps. But, you know, a lot of those circuits back there don't take too many apps. But, uh, yeah, very, very good idea. I forgot to tell you that last week. 
So oh, thank you. Good. Good I'm, glad that worked. I'm glad that worked out for you. That's good. This one sounds like a good idea too, you know, even though I don't talk on the phone while I'm driving and ignore it. But for those who, uh, you know, are doing outside sales or in business and they yeah. have to be on the phone and, you know, they're sick of that Bluetooth in their ear because I know I use one because I don't want the radiation up next to me, but this is a good idea, you know, it's yeah, hands free. Definitely uh, helping the safety issue part, and, uh, you know, it'll make it safer for not only the driver in the car, but they'll be able to concentrate more on the surroundings with the other cars, so it'll be safer, basically, in general, for everybody around in this wall. Yeah, I like the idea, too, that, you know, that it's not an easy reach that they can sit there and start texting, too. It's, you know, right. It's yeah, after out of reach, they have to actually pull over and, you know, take it out of the holder and disconnect it before they can start texting. And That's good. Yeah, it makes it harder for them to do that, but it's easier to have a conversation if you want to talk to somebody. Your hand's free, both hands on the wheel, and you're off and rolling. That's good. Well, I look forward to our chat next week because next week, summer vacation. Yep. We're prepping for summer vacation. And I know you have in the highway. Oh yes, and I know you have a whole plethora of items that are reasonably priced and would help significantly yep. in case I, somebody got I, I already stuck. got a couple I already got a couple in mind, but we're gonna have to wait till next week. <laughs> Sounds good, Peter. <laughs> well, you have a you have a great day and uh, we'll talk to you uh, very soon. Okay. Well I appreciate the time. Thank you. Take care, thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Now I'm going to talk about a product that's kind of near and dear to my heart. I love Monroe Shocks. They come with a lifetime warranty. And let me tell you why I really like them. My dad put a set of Monroe Shocks on my great-grandfather's car back in the late 70s. It's a 69 Plymouth, which I still have. I replaced those Monroe Shocks about two years ago. They were finally due. There are certain signs that you see shocks that it was finally due. You know, enough was enough. They were on there for 30 years, and the integrity of the shock was phenomenal. And they weren't leaking or anything. It was, it was great, and that's why they have a lifetime warranty. Uh, I didn't take them up on the lifetime warranty, even though you could see the Monroe on it and all that. I just felt a little too guilty about that because, my God, they serve their purpose. But isn't it wonderful that we still have a product out there that still has a lifetime warranty it takes the use and abuse that our cars give it on a daily basis and the engineers know it and the manufacturers back up their product it's pretty refreshing it's nice and if you have a problem the only requirement that they have is that you have your receipt great product recommended highly and I do install Monroe products on vehicles that come into my shop now it's time for our Pam automotive moment you know, car care is very important to me, or I wouldn't be talking to you today. I wouldn't have written my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or how you can make money while maintaining your vehicle. It's very important. I'm very conscious, very consumer conscious, especially when it comes to things that I know, and I know cars. So when I say that you shouldn't be running around with a check engine light on, or a service engine soon light on, or that little yellow light on your dash, I sincerely mean it. Not only is this going to cost you a lot of money, possibly in the very near future. You know it's not helping our environment, and our environment needs help. That's why they're trying to go to the electric cars, the hybrid cars, the cars that take hydrogen fuel cells, and the cars that take propane. Yes, they do have some test cars out there with propane. 
that are strictly propane that you actually fill them up at your house overnight. There's some test products out there right now that they're checking out. So please, please, please do yourself a favor and do the rest of us a favor. I've kind of gotten used to smog-free air, even at the shop. And uh, make sure that check engine light stays off. Well, I hope you found that topic useful and helpful, and now you know everything you needed to know about a catalytic converter. Now you know why you don't run your car with your check engine light on, because catalytic converters are very expensive, and they help the environment, and they help your fuel economy. Next uh, week in up-and-coming topics, requested by our listeners' emails, we'll start out with what you can pack your car for summer vacation, and that's next week. And our gadget guru will be back, Peter Sudak. He's going to help us out with that because he's got even more items to make your trip uneventful. And if you do have a little uh, glitch in it, you'll have the tools to make it right. Then we're going to have, upon request of quite a few listeners, our uh, customers asking questions again, which was a lot of fun. And they've come up with some interesting topics. This is Pam Oaks, host of Car Care for the Clueless, and I'm looking forward to talking to you guys next week. If you have any questions regarding car care or a car issue that you may be having, just like Jan, drop me a line in my email, which is carcareforclueless, carcare, the number four, clueless, at AOL.com. Or if you'd like to purchase my book, Car Care for the Clueless, or How You Can Make Money While Maintaining Your Vehicle, Go to Amazon.com backslash books. It's available in paperback. You can download it to your digital media. You can have it anywhere. Until next week, take care.